Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. with the Master Key on this Tuesday evening. Pray that today has found you well and favorable, or in the favor of God. Well, um, I want to get right into uh, our broadcast today. Uh, we concluded from Romans chapter 5, and um, I think I want to start on verse 18, but I'm going to start from 17 and go on down. Uh, this is going back to uh, uh, dealing with something that Jesus has already dealt with. <clears throat> One of the manipulation uh, of the enemy is deception and blindness. Uh, we quoted a scripture yesterday, or shared a scripture with you on yesterday from Second Corinthians chapter four and verse four. The Bible says, "The God of this world has." Blinded the minds of them that believe not Least the glorious light of the gospel will shine unto them So I'm going to put a couple of questions before you Before uh, we start sharing from uh, Romans there Did Jesus conquer Satan? I believe that our radio audience will agree with us that he did did Jesus conquer principalities and powers? I believe that you will agree with me. According to the word of God, he did. Now, in the natural, it doesn't seem so. In the natural, in this realm, it doesn't seem like Jesus conquered Satan. It doesn't seem like it, that Jesus really conquered uh, principalities and powers. It doesn't seem like he conquered sin and death. It doesn't seem like he conquered sickness and disease. It doesn't seem like he conquered murder. It, it really doesn't seem that way. Uh, I want to do something today. I'm going to continue to share. I, I, I really want to hear from our radio audience. Those, uh, so like we have shy uh, people uh, on our uh, radio audience. One thing I share people in relationship with me, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Uh, if you don't understand something, ask a question. And then you may see something in a in a different light that um, uh, others might want to to uh, hear. I need to hear. Let's look at this right here. We believe that he conquered Satan. We believe he conquered principalities and powers. We believe he conquered the works of the devil. We believe he conquered... The works of that which is sickness and disease, poverty, like and famine, all those other things, chaos, confusion, everything that is contrary to heaven, everything is contrary to the kingdom of God, Jesus defeated it. Once again, it doesn't appear to be that way in this realm. It doesn't appear to be that uh, that he really did conquer him. Let's go look at a scripture uh, uh, that we quoted on yesterday, we shared from yesterday. The scripture says, by one man sin entered into the world, and death. As a result of that sin, by one man sin enter in. By one man righteousness 
enter into this world. Now, the scripture says sin came into the world through one man, and death fell upon every man. All died because of this one man. Then the scripture goes and says, by one man, righteousness entered into the world. And from that righteousness, the life of God is made available to all men. Let's break it down, if you will. It says, by one man, sin enter in. Now, think about it, enter in. Have you ever filled up a a bottle full of water or a glass full of water or, or tea or whatever? When the glass is filled to the brim, but it had to come from somewhere. So the water that you filled, where did it come from? Did it come out of your tap? Did it come out of your um, water dispenser that's connected to your refrigerator? Where did it come from? Those of you that buy bottled water, that water came from somewhere, but the bottle is filled. It came from somewhere. By one man, sin entered, entered, that means it wasn't here. Before you put water in the glass, before you put water in the bottle, it was empty. It was not present in the glass. Doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't present. It just wasn't present in the glass. It wasn't present in the bottle. But yet it was present by the mere fact it entered in to the glass. It entered into the bottle. But it wasn't present, so the question would be, just because there was no water in the glass, does that mean water didn't exist? No. It existed. It just didn't exist in the glass. It only existed in the glass when you poured water into the glass. Sin entered into the world by one man. The man was the instrument that got sin into the world. So sin existed. It just didn't exist in this world. Just like water existed, it just didn't exist in the glass until you put water in the glass. The tap is the medium that brought the water into the glass. Or a pitcher that is full of water was the medium that put water in the glass. So, but it, it came from somewhere. The the pitcher was the medium. Your faucet was the medium. And so it came from somewhere. Sin, by one man, sin entered into the world. Adam is not the source of sin. He was the instrument that brought sin into the world. He was the instrument. So it came from somewhere, but it was not in this world. Then it existed outside of this world. So it was present. But it did not enter into the world until someone had the power to open up the door for it to enter into the world. When you go and uh, open up your spout, and you fill your sink up with water to wash dishes, those that wash dishes, uh, or, or the some of you do the dishwasher thing, or when you get ready to take a shower, you turn the spout. You are the authority. You turn it, and now the water comes out of the spout. That doesn't necessarily mean sin does not exist. Death did not exist. It existed, 
It just didn't exist in this world. But where did it exist? In the one that died. Well, who died? Lucifer became Satan. When he died, when did he die? When he got kicked out of heaven. But really before then, when he rose up against God to rebel against the throne of God, want to take the throne of God, he died. How did he die? He cut himself off from life. But who is life? God is life. All life stems from God. Vegetation life, animal life, human life, uh, uh, angelic life, all life stems from the creator. Lucifer was a created being. So therefore, he died when he disconnected himself from God. And he became the author of sin and death. He became what? The author of sin and death. Now, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, when there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against Lucifer and his angels. And they kicked them out of heaven. And there was a declaration in the book of Revelation that says, Woe unto the earth. For Satan has come down with great wrath. The inhabitants of the earth, rather. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan has come down with great wrath. Now watch this here. Now, God, uh, Michael, and the angels of God kicked Lucifer and the angel uh, of uh, uh, Satan, Satan and the fallen angels out of heaven. And they came down to the earth with great wrath, the scripture says. They was here, but watch this right here. Satan was present because he came through the snake to deceive Eve, right? So watch this right here. Even though Lucifer was here, Satan was here, the Bible did not say because he was here, sin entered into the world. The scripture didn't say that. It said by one man, sin entered into the world, and it said by one angel. So sin was present, but sin had no access to this world. Lucifer, uh, Satan, when Lucifer then, when he, once he sinned, he became Satan. Satan was present, but sin had not entered into the world. Sin had no right to the world. Sin could not even enter into the world because Satan had no right to the world. Sin had no right. Death had no right. So Adam really was the gatekeeper. He was the gatekeeper to this world. It said by one man's sin entered into the world. By one man's sin entered into the world. Sin was present, but it had not entered in. It could not enter in into the authority of the earth or the authority of the world, open up the door and invited it in. I'm going somewhere. By one man's sin entered into the world. By one man's righteousness entered into the world. By one man's sin entered in and death came upon all men. By one man's righteousness entered the world and righteousness is made available to all men. I'm going somewhere with this. Now the reason uh, uh, I'm starting off this way, I want to really conclude, if the Lord will permit today, uh, Romans uh, 5 there. Uh, but there was a question... I didn't realize, uh, my wife told me she uh, answered it, 
But she asked a question, and uh, I didn't see the text until I got off the broadcast yesterday. And the question was, uh, let me see, can I get it here? She said, how how to deal with sin? Okay, she said, sin has been defeated. Jesus conquered sin. Jesus defeated sin. How do we deal with sin? If Jesus conquered it and Jesus defeated it, how do we deal with it? Let's let's look at it. Let's break it down, if we will. Uh, my question would be, did Jesus really conquer sin? Well, according to the word of the Lord, he did. Well, let's look at a scripture uh, to show you how this works. Because one of the things, uh, as a young Christian, I put some questions before God because I didn't understand it. And, uh, and maybe you probably see, didn't understand it. See, I, I talked to God that way. I talked to God just like I'm talking to you. God, why you do? Why you did this? I don't just talk to him, just talk to him. I'm looking for an answer. I, 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 help me to understand why did you do this? Why did you allow this to happen? And God has never failed me. Never felt me. He always opened my understanding and let me see his heart and mind concerning the matter. I want to go to a particular passage of scripture in the book of Romans, uh, chapter eight. Let me see. Can I can I get it uh, here uh, to show you how this thing operates? And uh, I believe it's going to help us and and bless us in, in a greater dimension. I'm trying to open up this electronic Bible here. <laughs> and that's the only thing about these electronics many times is um uh, uh it it depends on other elements to make it work. Okay, let's look at Romans eight verse three. And uh I'm gonna get this in the New King James version instead of reading the amplified version. Notice what it says here for verse three. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. In the likeness of what? Sinful flesh. On the account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned sin where? In the flesh. He condemned sin where? In the flesh. So what was sin condemned? In the flesh. Interesting. Sin was condemned in the flesh. Where do we have our sin problem? In the flesh. So is sin defeated? Absolutely. Do you understand what it means for sin to be defeated? Jesus conquered sin. The scripture, he died of sin. He died one to sin. He died no more to sin. Sin really has been defeated. Sin really has been conquered. Mm, that's interesting. That, have you defeated sin? Have I defeated sin? According to God's, from God's perspective, yes, I'm going to tell you how. I'm tell you how. The scripture says in the book of uh, Galatians, they that belongs to Christ have crucified the flesh with its lusts and its passions. Romans says that we are dead to sin and alive to God. How do we become dead to sin and alive to God? The moment you and I receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we we're dead to sin. Now, when something is dead, it has no life, it has no power, it has no authority. 
do you know anyone that's passed in your life? Any any of your relatives, uh, cousins, parents, grandparents? So many funerals have been going on the last two years. Those people that is in that bot, uh, that castic is really not in that castic. That's just their body. But that body is dead. That body is dead. It is inactive, inoperative. It cannot speak. It cannot do anything. It's inanimated. It's dead. That's how your body was, my body was in Adam. When God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, it was just like a dead man. But he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, and Adam became what? A living soul. A living what? Soul. So his body was animated as a result of spirit touching the body. A soul came into existence as a result of spirit, the breath of God, touching the body, the dirt of Adam. Adam's body was animated. His soul came into existence as a result of the breath of God and the body of Adam. And man became a living soul. Man became a living what? Soul. Okay. Now, death. He says, we're dead to sin a lot. The moment you and I receive Christ, sin has died, or we have died to sin. We have what? Died to sin. Now, because you're dead to sin, does that mean sin no longer exists? No, it doesn't mean sin doesn't no longer exist. I'm giving an example. Remember, I gave you, when we first came into broadcast. We talked about the uh, the water. You got a glass, a glass, but there's no water in the glass. But when you pour water in the glass, the water came from somewhere in the glass. The water existed; it just did not exist in the glass. It was present, but it wasn't present in the glass until someone opened up the spout or poured water from a pitcher or from any other source into the glass, a water hose, whatever, into the glass. Now the glass is filled with water, but yet prior to the glass being filled, water did exist. So water came into the glass, but it came from somewhere. Like sin came into the world, but it still existed. Now, it was it existed, but it was dead. He said, wait a minute, it existed, but it was dead? Yes. What made it dead, it was disconnected to this world. Once it came connected to this world, sin now becomes alive and now has a right and begin to dominate. It existed, but it did, it did not exist. In this world, present but not existing in this world, because Satan was present, but he did not exist in this realm from God's perspective until Adam opened up the door and he came in. By one man, sin entered into the world. Sin existed, but sin was dead to this world, and sin was dead to Adam until Adam opened up the door and submitted and yielded to. Uh, the um, I was going to say sin, but he disobeyed God, and so now sin enters into the world. Now, by receiving Jesus Christ, the Scripture says you are dead to sin but alive to God. See, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to be alive to God and dead to sin, or alive to sin and dead to God. 
every human being on the face of the earth lives in one of two places, dead to sin, alive to God, or alive to sin and dead to God. He said, well, yesterday you made a statement that uh, Jesus conquered sin. He defeated sin. And by him defeating sin, God was in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I think it's verse 17, 18, 19. God was in Christ, reconciled the world unto himself. You said, so has the world been reconciled? Yes. Has the world been forgiven of their sins? Yes. Well, one famous scripture that everybody knew when you learned when you was a child, if you went to, even if you didn't grow up in the church, I didn't grow up in the church, but we was made to go to church when we was little, and everybody uh, uh, learned uh, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here's the world again. God gave, so loved the world, not the church, not the Jewish nation, the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoso believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So righteousness came in. So everybody been forgiven of their sin. I wouldn't say forgiven of their sin, but acquitted of their sin. He conquered sin. So since Jesus conquered sin, do sin still exist? Yes. Sin exists, but sin's right to us has been broken. What? Sin's right to us has been broken. Let's look at it another way. This is the water, the water situation again. You got water that is coming through uh, uh, the pipes of your house into your tub, shower, whatever, wash machine. Water have access. Water still exists. Know why it exists? And it have access? Because you paid your bill. Now, you don't pay your bill, what's going to happen? The water company is going to come to the main line. And they're going to Cut the flow of water to your house from the main line. So when you go to your water uh, 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 faucet uh, fixtures and you try to turn and you turn the water and nothing's going to come out. Once again, the water exists. Yes, but it's been cut off at the main line. Still exists. It have been cut off. But when you pay your bill, then water can begin to flow again from the main line throughout your house, and then you can use the benefits of, of, of water. It's sort of like that. When Jesus defeated and conquered sin in the flesh, what he did, he cut sin off or cut it off from the main line. Sin don't have any right to you and I. Romans 6 tells us that in the word of the Lord. Romans 6. That's why it's in Romans 6 says, let not sin have dominion over you. I forgot what verse says, but it's in Romans 6. Let not sin have dominion over you. Why? Because it's been cut off. Don't turn it back on. That's what we do. 
We turn it back on. But how do we turn sin back on? That Jesus defeated and conquered once again. Let's look at it again. Where did Jesus conquer sin? According to Romans 8.3. Where? In the flesh. Sin was defeated in the flesh. So the moment you and I receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, once he come into us, he cut sin off in us. Sin no longer have a right to me. Sin no longer have a right to you. Know why? Because it's been cut off. You know what the problem is? We'll be making, we'll be making a mistake. We allow sin to manipulate us, and we cut it back on. We cut it back on. How do we cut it back on? When somebody do us wrong, we refuse to give them. How we cut it back on when we lie? How we cut it back on? Let's go to another scripture. I'm, I'm going to show you how it works. Let's go to Romans 6. My prayer to God that you're getting something out of this today. Romans 6. And I want to look at... Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, this is a scripture that uh, uh, God gave me years and years ago to help me understand how this sin thing worked because I struggled in my in the beginning of my uh, Christian life. And what I mean by struggle, I just had bad attitudes. And uh, I had a I had a, a problem with revenge and avenging. You do me wrong, I won't get you back. That was basically my issue. Let's look at something here. Romans chapter 6, verse 15 to 16. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law? But under grace, certainly not. Verse 16. And listen at this, if you will. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, rather of sin leading to death, obedience leading to righteousness? Now, beautiful. This scripture beautifully explains to us. Now, notice what it says here. Jesus has already conquered sin. Sin have no right to me. Sin have no legal right to you. Really, sin have no legal right to no human being on the face of the earth. Really, we can go beyond that. Sin have no right to the stars, the moon, the solar system. Have no right to the grass, no right to our trees. Have no right to nothing. Jesus conquered sin. And he conquered death. And he dies no more to sin. Now, but notice this verse. This is, this is how he gets us, ladies and gentlemen. This is how the enemy gets us. Sin is dead. We're dead to sin. Sin is dead to us. We receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, where do he come and abide? Your human spirit. He don't come live in your soul. And he don't come live in your body. And I know what somebody said well, you quoted the scripture yesterday, and I know what 1 Corinthians 6 says. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Uh-huh. What houses your body? Your body houses your soul and spirit. House what? Your soul and spirit. If your body died, your body stay here, but your soul and spirit go back to the Lord. And, and, and I want to get into the... 
that I got excellent teachings on the anatomy of man that you 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 can get and it'll be a tremendous blessing because we really break this down concerning the function of the uh, human. I still have not finished that uh, message. I probably got about twenty uh, messages on that, but I still have not even finished it yet. It's so in so detailed. Uh, uh, the function of a man's human spirit, the function of a man's soul, and your soul comprises. Uh, uh, your, your heart, your mind, uh, your emotions, and all of them plays a role. It's so your soul is so complex, and that is the part that really uh, uh, is you. Your personality. It's not in your human spirit. Your personality is in your soul. That's who. That's what makes you and I who we are. Unique. Your personality. Your soul, and then you have your physical body. And and all of them interrelate to one another. The body interrelate with the soul. The soul interrelate with your human spirit. There's a your your spirit is like a body. Your soul is like a body, and your physical body is a body. And there there's an interrelationship uh, or uh, a correlation with one another. Now, but notice what the scripture says. Notice what the scripture says. See, we have to think when we read. Don't just read over stuff. Look at every word. When you're reading, look at every word. Because everything connects. Verse 17. But God bethink. No, that's not the one I want to look at. Verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you, to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? Now, now you've you got to get this. Who is he talking about here? You, think about it. Where is sin? Do sin still exist? Absolutely. But where do sin exist? It still exists in our old nature, in our old natures, in our, in our flesh, our body. It dwells in our, the old natures in our body. But where do God exist? In our human spirit. So when it says here, verse 16, do you not know to whom you present yourselves? Slave souls, who is the you he's talking about? Is it you? Who is the you? Is it your spirit he's talking about? Is it your soul he's talking about? Is it your body he's talking about? i got to understand this. Because I'm, I'm going through this right here to answer my wife's question. I know it's taking a long time here. I'm already 30 minutes into the broadcast. But this is the way the Holy Spirit is going to help us to understand. I can just browse right on over this right here and leave you hanging. So it says here, once again, verse do you not know to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey you are that one slave. See, the first thing you'll think about is, this is what you think about. You'll think about something external. You'll think about some human being. Or you'll think about the devil. You'll think about something out there. But it's not talking about anything externally. It's talking about everything internally. No, you're not to whom you, you, yourself, servant, obey. Now, notice what it says. Do you not know to that to whom you present you present, you present yourself, you present yourself, you present yourself, slaves to obey. And I'll understand this right here. Everybody's a slave. Everybody's a slave. And nobody makes you to be a slave. We choose to be slaves. Every human being on the face of the earth is a slave. You're either a slave to Jesus or you're a slave to Satan. It is no in-between. There is no neutral ground for absolutely no human being on the face of the earth. We're slaves, and you choose to be a slave. And how do you say I choose to be a slave? 
Whoever you obey, you become the slave of whoever you obey. The scripture clearly tells us this here. Either I'm a slave to sin, which Satan's the author of, or I am obedient to righteousness, which Christ is the author of. Now, look at this, if you will, in verse 16 again. He said, you that are, uh, uh, let me go from the beginning because I'll be starting the middle of the sentence here. And you're not knowing where I'm coming from. Verse 16, do you not know to, that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are that one slave whom you obey, rather of sin. And he's telling us who we obey. Sin, that leads to death. Or obedience, that leads to righteousness. Now, he didn't say Satan. He didn't say your parents. He didn't say your boss. He didn't say your pastor. He says, if you present yourself to be a slave to sin, then sin is your master. It didn't say Satan. It didn't say demons. It didn't say any human being. He said, if I present myself to be a slave to sin, then what's going to happen? It's going to lead me to experience death. What is death, ladies and gentlemen? Death does not mean non-existence. Anybody that has died, let's take physical death. What do physical death mean? Physical death means separation from this physical world. When a person dies, they, they are separated from this physical universe. But they go back to a universe or a world that is spiritual. So the invisible person that lives in this physical body leaves this visible world and go to an invisible world. So therefore, but his, his visible man stays here in this visible world. So he's really dead to this world. Are you getting this? Okay, now, he's dead to this world, but he go to another world. Hell is a spiritual place. Heaven is a spiritual place. It's not physical. Everyone in heaven and everyone in hell have a body. They can see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. It's just not physical. You say, what? Yes, for those that do not understand, Luke 16. Luke 16 talks about a man, a rich man, and a poor man, a beggar, Lazarus. He, uh, uh, the dogs licked his swords. The rich man would not even give him any crumbs. We wouldn't give him anything. Both of them died, the scripture says. The rich man went to hell. The beggar went to paradise. At that time, everybody went down because Jesus had not died yet and was not glorified. It was after the resurrection of Jesus Everyone that dies now, they go up, if they're born again, that is. <laughs> if you're not born again, you go down. But prior to that, everybody went down. The, the rich man went to hell, and the beggar, he went to paradise in the bosom of Abraham. But the Bible says there was a big gulf between the two, a big gulf between paradise and hell, and then the rich man cried out. Father Abraham, send Lazarus back to the earth 
and, to, and warn my family members that they don't come to this place because it's hot here. If he can just only give me a cold drop of water to cool my tongue off. Wait a minute. You in hell. Your body is on earth. But the real you is in hell, and you mean to tell me it's hot? You can feel the heat? Uh-huh. You can see Lazarus afar off? Uh-huh. And you know what the response was? I mean, why would I send Lazarus back there? They got the prophets. They got somebody. They got preachers that tell them, uh, uh, warn them not to come go to hell where you at. But I don't want to get into that particular story, but I'm showing you the principle here about sin. Jesus did conquer sin. He really did conquer it. Because now what we see in here, this, this passage of scripture here, know you not to whom you yield. He didn't say Satan. He didn't say demons. He didn't say your daddy. He didn't say your mama, your brother, sister, your spouse, it's, you know, your children, nor your boss and your job. Know you not to whom you yield. And the yielding is what? He says sin. That leads to death or obedience that leads to righteousness. Now, where is righteousness? Are you righteous? God made you righteous. The moment you receive Jesus Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, according to the word of the Lord. And that's in 2 Corinthians there, chapter 5. Matter of fact, uh, let me read it real quick here. Uh, I, I love this scripture here, and you probably, I'm sure majority of you guys already know this scripture. But we quote it, but we don't walk in the reality of it. We let the devil trick us. We let the devil manipulate us. And uh, where is that verse of scripture? Uh, 2 Corinthians, do I have it? Yes, 521. He made him who knew no sin to be sin. He made him who knew no sin to be sin. Who did he make? Who is he? He, God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Who didn't know any sin? Jesus. Jesus was made what? Sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. So watch this right here. So have you received Jesus? Yes. If you receive Jesus, then are you righteous? Yes. So since Jesus is in you, you are righteous. Do sin, have sin ceased to exist? No, it haven't. It still exists. Where? Where Jesus defeated it. Where did Jesus defeat sin? Romans 8, 3 says what? For the law cannot do anything was weak. God sent his own son in the likeness of sin's flesh and did what? Condemn sin where? In the flesh. Condemn sin where? In the flesh. So sin is still in the flesh. It just don't have a right to me. The moment I received Jesus, Jesus cut it off from the main line. So sin don't have no, it still is in the Adamic nature. That's why all of us want to get brand new bodies. All of our bodies are going to be renovated. That is why those that do remain when Jesus comes back, our bodies is going to be changed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. Uh, my youngest daughter asked me a question about that not too long ago. And I was sharing with her, so these kind of bodies, said, we're not going to have these kind of bodies. Our body is going to be like the one that Jesus had when he rose from the dead, and he walked through the wall, what is the disciples meeting in a room. With the new kind of bodies we're going to have, we're not going to need, flat, we're not going to need blood. We're not going to need blood. You only need blood in this realm. You only need blood in this, in this physical realm. We're not going to need that, ladies and gentlemen, period. We're going to be like the angels. We're going to be like Jesus. We're going to have a glorified body. 
that functions in a lie by spirit and not function in a lie by blood. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm kind of getting excited. Let me, let me get back over here. So Jesus was made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the moment I received Jesus, the moment you received Jesus, you and I instantaneously became righteous. How did you become righteous? By receiving him. You didn't go on a fast. You didn't study a Bible. You didn't go on a, a three. Uh, 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 you didn't engage in a prayer meeting. You did nothing to become righteous. The only thing you did was accept somebody, and you became righteous. You received a person, and that person is God's righteousness in my life. That person is God's righteousness in your life. That person is God's righteousness for the world. If the world will receive him, they receive righteousness. Watch this right here. So where's righteousness? In where he live? Where do he live? In my human spirit. Why do you don't live in my soul? Because that's up to me. He can't get to my soul unless I let him in. And that's, that's what the scripture talks about, soul salvation. So, and that's a whole nother, nother lesson by itself. Don't have not even three minutes to get into that at all, period. So he lives in my human spirit. Okay, he'll live in my human spirit. So sin, do sin still exist? Yes. And this is a thing that I did not understand when I was a young younger a person. I said, God, I don't I don't I don't, don't you 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 defeated Satan. You defeated sin. And you defeated death. God, why? Maybe y'all don't think like me. And maybe y'all don't think like you. See, this I think. Why didn't you take sin 100% out of us? Why would you leave sin in us? Why would you leave it even though it don't have no right to us, but you leave it? You leave sin in our flesh where Jesus conquered it, but it don't have no right to it, but you leave it there. Why? And God answered me. Do you want to know what the answer is? He gave me the answer. The same reason. He spoke to me. He said, the same reason I uh, uh, planted the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And to me, even with death, but why would you put him in a situation to tempt him, God? And the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, you will never experience love, and you will never know your love until you put in a situation to choose. He said, me leaving sin in your body, in your flesh, me leaving sin there, makes you honest. You choose Christ a righteousness life or you choose sin or death or Satan. Same thing, son. He said, the same situation Adam and Eve in is the same place the church is in in all of humanity. But not all of humanity. Once humanity received Jesus, they're in that same position. The power of choice. 
How would you ever know some love some know you love somebody? You will never know that you love God if you're not put in a situation to choose between God or Satan. You would never know until you put in a situation to choose your spouse or another person. You will never know until you put in a situation to obey God or to go after something else. That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it works. And, 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 and when he opened up my understanding, I, I said, thank you, Lord. Now, I, I understand. It's not he left sin in there for me to be defeated. It's not that he left sin in there for, for sin to dominate me and to control me and to manipulate me and, 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 and destroy me. He didn't leave sin to destroy me. He left sin for me to choose him. To choose him over sin. And watch it right. Where does sin dwell? In my flesh. But it, it has no access to me unless I activate it. It only becomes alive when I choose it. Know you not to whom you yield yourself. Who is the self? The soul. The soul. The real you. I know you've been taught that the real you is a spirit. Y'all, y'all have to forgive me. Got somebody uh, doing some work around here. <laughs> uh, and they making all this noise there with this water machine, the pressure cleaner. Uh, uh, the choice. You, you, he said, the real you is, is the one that has a, the power to choose. What element or entity that you, or that is you, that have the power to choose something? What, what is it, ladies and gentlemen? It's your will. Your will makes you and I like God. Your will makes you and I like God. And when you begin to understand Principles that governs uh, uh, humanity, Satan himself, by the laws that governs this realm and the laws that govern humanity, Satan himself cannot make you do anything. Satan cannot make me do anything. He cannot make you do anything, and he cannot make me do anything at all, period. I think I might have somebody that have a question here. Uh, I see a, and I don't know what this means here. There's a question mark here, and uh, this is my first time seeing this, and I don't know what that means. But uh, maybe you made a mistake there. Uh, there's an area code uh, 786-709. Uh, if you have a question, you have to press the uh, number one button. Press that if you have a question. But let's go on. So, Sin dwells in our Adamic nature, but it have no right to us. Jesus broke his right. It have no authority over us. And that's why I said, no, you're not to whom you yield. Now, this is, this is how it works. This is how it works. My wife said, how does a person deal with sin? Sin has already been dealt with. You didn't have to do anything to deal with sin. I didn't have to do anything to deal with sin. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, who had already conquered sin over 2,000 years ago. But this is the key, ladies and gentlemen. You know how we get tricked? The manipulation is the same thing, how the enemy manipulates sinners, he manipulates Christians. How's that? You believe you got to do something. What do what, what people say when you talk to them about Jesus? I got to get good first. 
you know, I, I, I don't want to accept them because I know I'm going to continue to do this thing. Whatever the case may be, I want to stop smoking first. I want to stop drinking first. Um, I, I want to stop adultery first. I want to stop fornication first. Uh, you know, I want to stop lying first. And once I stop lying, then I get my life to Jesus. Do, 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 do that make any sense? I know. See, I thought the same way too. If you could stop, you wouldn't need the Savior. If you can stop sinning, you wouldn't need Jesus. Think about it. So when you receive Jesus, when you accepted Christ, uh, the power of sin was broken. If you didn't do anything, you just accepted him. How you overcome? Choice. Every time you and I put in a situation every day to sin or to obey God, all of us. And watch this right here. Where is sin? Jesus condemned sin where? In the flesh. And sin have everything to do. Everything to do with our flesh. See, what do you mean? My wife and I have my wife and I have gotten in confrontations before. Think about it. It takes two to get in a confrontation, right? That means that if I dealt with my wife about something, I dealt with her about something I didn't like. If my wife shared something with me that she didn't like, so she's going to come to me and tell me something she didn't like. Wait, 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 hold it. Can you see the manipulation? I'm dealing with her based on something I don't like. I'm the authority of this household. I'm the authority of this. Wait, wait. That's flesh. The scripture says you and I have been bought with a price. We don't belong to ourselves. And everything you and I have to do, we have to do this unto the Lord and not unto men. Do this unto the Lord and not unto men. How I can stay free from sinning. Understanding that I'm here for Christ and not here for my wife and not here for my children, not here for EJ. I'm not here for me. I'm here for him. How do I, how do I stop sin? I cease to live to bring pleasure to EJ, but I live to bring pleasure to him. That keeps sin in its rightful place. And I know I'm not going to be able to finish this message today at all because I haven't even got into my, my foundation scripture. I keep sin where it belongs. And I keep Jesus where he belongs. Are, are you getting this? Now watch this right here. Where's righteousness in my human spirit? Where's sin in the Adamic nature in my flesh? But my soul is the medium. Know you're not to whom you yield. Know you're not to whom you yield. Know you're not to whom you yield. My soul, your soul, wherever your soul become, that's what you're going to spend eternity as. And your soul become wherever you yield to. If I yield to sin, sin have access to my soul. If I yield to uh, 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 my human spirit, where the Holy Spirit lives, where Jesus and the Father live through the person of the Holy Spirit, my soul began, becomes transformed to whatever I yield to. So the key is the manipulation of sin is to get me to focus on me, what somebody has done to me, what somebody has said about me, how somebody has violated me, how somebody has hurt me, how somebody has wounded me. And here's the manipulation, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the manipulation. Think about it. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoso believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God made him to be sin for us. God made him to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. We share with you with a scripture on yesterday how this worked. How does it work? The Bible said while we was yet in our sin, God, or Christ died for the ungodly. While we was yet in our sin, Christ died for the ungodly. And given you and I the ministry of reconciliation, how do we function in ministry of reconciliation? He said, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their sins unto them. Interesting. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their sins unto them. What does that say? Let's break it down real quick. We only have about six minutes. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing murder to the murderer, not imputing adultery to the adulteress, not imputing fornication to the fornicator, not imputing lying to the liar, not imputing poverty to the poverty-stricken, not imputing sickness and disease to no human being, but forgiving them, releasing them from sin and sin's right, sin's dominion, which is death. So our God in Christ, reconciling all humanity by themselves, not imputing humanity's sin on them, but releasing them from sin by his son becoming a sin offering. Interesting. Then he turns around, and all of those that accepted that sacrifice, and all of us that's been reconciled back in harmony and favor with the Father, he turns around and gives you and I this ministry. Give you and I this ministry. Ministry of what? Reconciliation. How do the ministry of reconciliation work? I'm going to tell you how it works. Kathy, violate me. You know God allow her to violate me? Why? For me to operate in the ministry of reconciliation. I violate Kathy. God allowed me to violate Kathy? Uh-huh. For what reason? To get her to operate in the ministry of reconciliation. But how do you operate in the uh, ministry of reconciliation? You, it's impossible, impossible to operate in the ministry of reconciliation without forgiving people of what they've done to you, to God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit. Your forgiveness activates the ministry of reconciliation now notice the ministry of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto who? Himself. Unto who? Himself. So if you and I is going to operate in the ministry of reconciliation, reconciliation is designed to reconcile people back in the harmony and favor with who? God. Do you know where we have a problem at? The issue? This is where the problem comes in at. Captain sin against me. 
I become more conscious of Kathy violation of me and not her violation of Jesus. And I'm more concerned about her being reconciled in harmony and favor with EJ and not with Christ, her Lord, her Savior, her Redeemer. So the ministry of reconciliation is not activated nor at work because my motive is wrong. And I struggle with forgiving her because the ministry of reconciliation is not even a reality in my life. To how undone EJ is. How ugly I've been to Jesus. The thoughts the actions, the attitudes, the disposition. And God was in Christ and reconciled me back in harmony and favor to him, not imputing my sin to me. But I turn around and want to impute Kathy's sin back to her. She turned around and want to impute my sins back to me. But yet, E.J. been reconciled. And the only way I was reconciled is my sins was forgiven me, and I was brought back in harmony and favor with God, and now he put me in the same position to operate like Jesus. God was in Christ. Christ is in EJ now to reconcile Kathy, to reconcile Ebony, exceeding money, to reconcile my brothers and sisters, my, na- my next-door neighbor, the person that don't like me, the person that lied on me, the person that manipulated me. It's about the ministry of reconciliation. Not imputing them sin, their sins unto them, but forgiving them their sins that the Holy Spirit uh, can work through me. That ministry of reconciliation in word and deed. In word and deed. Are, are, are you getting this? God so loved the world he gave. It's impossible to operate in the ministry of reconciliation without you being a giver. And you want to know something? A lot of people is not givers. And I'm not talking about money. You got people that will give money quick before they give themselves. And it make it look like they're a giver. They're not a giver. And I know people like that. They give big. They struggle with giving themselves. How you know they struggle with giving themselves? Because they're emotional. Emotionally dominated. Emotionally stimulated. All they got to do is stir the emotions up. They'll be just like a Judas. They will stab you in your back. They will crucify you. They will deny you. Because they're emotionally stimulated. They're not delivered from the emotions. But a true giver. Giving is sacrificial. Sacrificial. You giving up yourself to make something happen for somebody else. What Jesus did. What did the Bible say in Corinthians about uh, suing your brother? It says, if there's any wise men among you, I dare you all take one another to the court. Why would you all take one another before a sinner and you all going to be judging angels? You mean to tell me there's no wisdom among y'all that y'all can even, you all can deal with this dispute amongst yourself, amongst Christians? You should be ashamed of yourself. And I had plenty of opportunity to take plenty of people to court, ladies and gentlemen. When we first started this ministry, about a year, two years after we started this ministry, we were getting ready to purchase some property. We hired a Christian attorney. A Christian attorney. 
to represent us. And the Christian attorney missed it. He did not do his due diligence. We lost $100,000. And I was struggling with suing him so we can get a lot of money back because we could have sued his, uh, uh, his insurance. Struggle, I was going back and forth. And because I knew the scripture, I released it. And other people that has ripped me off, brothers and sisters in Christ, got documentation right now today. I could have took them to court, but I released them because of the word of God. What did I do? I sacrificed me. I sacrificed money. I sacrificed. I released that brother. I released that sister. And I can speak to them today because from my heart I have released them. Are you getting this? I had an opportunity to yield to sin that would have led me to death by protecting me. You're going to get my money back. I'm going to get my money back. God is bigger than money. You can never lose in God. God promised me that. He said, son, you can never lose in me. Never lose in me. That's why I believe I'll never be broke all the days of my life. Not because of I know people, I know things. I don't know nobody. I know Jesus. I know the word of God. I know what's mine according to the word of God. Are you getting this? I see my time is up too. <laughs> but my prayer that you got something from this, and I didn't, well, that's the way the Lord does it. I really desire to get into that, that those verses I said I'm going to get into. But nevertheless, we'll see what the Lord do next week. I enjoyed you the, uh, yesterday and today. We pray that the Lord minister something to you that was a blessing to you to challenge your thinking, to challenge your heart, to challenge your mind, for you to be conformed to the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and walk in the victory that's already been given unto us. Walk in the righteousness that's already been given unto us. And the righteousness and the victory is not a thing, it's not abstract, it is a person. It's Jesus Christ. Embrace him. Let us all embrace him by denying ourselves, taking up our cross, so we can follow him. Let this be the greatest year of your life. You say, but I've been challenged so much beginning of this year. The greater the challenge, the greater the blessing. And your blessings will not fail you. This year will not pass you by without the Lord manifesting himself to you in a very unique way. God has taken already what the enemy meant for evil, and God has already shifted it for good. This is your season. Understand, you are a righteous man and woman of God, and no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and your righteousness has come from God. And because you are a righteous man and woman of God, no weapon formed against you can prosper. And you begin to speak that and believe that. Whatever is challenging you right now, tell it, it got to dissipate, it got to go, it got to die. Because you cannot prevail against the righteousness of God. And tell them, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the right. My marriage is the righteousness of God. My children is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My job and business is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My finances Finances, bank account, investment, it's the righteousness of God in Christ. Begin to speak, decree, and declare that, and watch hell begin to drop its hold off of you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's keep one of those in prayer. Do not forget the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday prayer line. Um, 5.30 a.m., tell your family and friends to join us. This has been your host, Dr. Jimmy, because the master key. Let the rest of you eat and be blessed. Love you and appreciate you now. God bless. Mm-hmm.